Okay, folks. My name is Eric Vellum, and I am with Christ Only Ministries, preaching the Word of Christ and His magnificent grace to basically anyone who will listen. To anyone in this world who will uh, take the time to consider such things. So uh, I remember once I uh, I did a uh, a sermon on obedience and and uh, and I talked about how uh, you know a good a good lesson in obedience and 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 how it works and and the and uh, how it works through relationships. Uh, I uh, talked about a dog that uh, Renita and I had and how uh, you know he was given a good deal of freedom until he uh, until he proved he was unworthy of it and then uh, not exactly unworthy I mean a dog doesn't have the capabilities of being worthy or unworthy but he was incapable of uh, you know he just he was being dangerous to himself so we had to uh, we had to tie him up and we had to uh, confine him when we weren't there and I was and uh, that just came to mind uh, this week when I was taking my dog for a walk and um, I walk him over to the uh, over to the school and you know we take about an hour walk every day and I take him over to the school and there's one part where it's way in the back of the school. There's a little trail that we that we go down, and and when the trail comes out, it comes out near near the road and into a field, uh, into one of the ball fields of the of the high school soccer field, and uh, running adjacent to it is the uh, school road. So I would usually, uh, you know, um, walk. Oreo with him. He was, you know, for most of this uh, walk, he's not leashed, and he and he gets to do as he pleases, you know, as long as he's obedient. And generally, um, he's pretty good. You know, he stays right with me. He stops to smell this, smell that, and you know. And if I get too far away, he'll look up and he'll come chasing after me. But you know, he's real good. He he stays with me. But this uh, one day. We get to the end of this trail, and it enters out into this, you know, near this road, right? And usually he just, you know, looks behind me, and, and he just trots off into the field, and everything's good. And, uh, but this time, he decides that he's going to go to the edge of the road, and he's going to run down the road. And no matter how many times I called him, he thought this was great fun to run down the road. And he's like sort of, he's not quite in the middle of it, but he, you know, he's, he's, he's running down basically the middle of the road. He thinks this is great, you know. And, uh, and I'm calling him and calling him. He's like, what is this animal doing? You know, this is the first time he's ever done this. So... You know, and it was alarming, and it was you know it was kind of scary. Uh, luckily, there was no traffic at at, at that time, and and uh, you know he, but he's oh he's happy as can be, and he's uh you know just just moving right along. And finally, I catch up to him, and after embarrassing myself by screaming at him so much, 
and trying to you know um, yell his name so here we have this act of disobedience so now once what had happened uh, uh, so once he 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 violates this trust now things have to be a little different uh, you know now when we get to that part of our walk I either am very careful to head him off before he has any ideas or I leash him up uh, I usually leash him but this is just a, a, an example of how you know obedience actually you know paradoxically leads to freedom and disobedience leads to uh, uh, confinement or to um, you know the curtailing of one's uh, of one's freedom of one's movement and so I think you know I think that's another good lesson in in, uh, in obedience and um, you know how it actually obedience leads to you know it, it leads to trust between two uh, um, two things uh, a person to person or a person an animal or you know ultimately a person to God and when uh, you know when God you know when you when you prove yourself obedient and you know there's freedom here there's freedom in the spirit there's freedom in the personality there's freedom from fear there's freedom from a lot of things the freedom of not having to look back you know at and, and who's following you or who caught you or what you did or what you're gonna do you you have you have great freedom of, of, of spirit and mind but for those who who insist on, uh, on 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 disobedience you know there's always uh, the fear of punishment and um, the fear of confinement the fear of losing one's freedom so uh, I don't know so I know that in this in today's world obedience sort of has a like a, a bad connotation but it actually obedience uh, does lead uh, to freedom and it leads to trust and uh, it leads to many good things so anyhow um, I'm gonna read from uh, Isaiah 53 then we'll say a, 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 a quick prayer and then we'll move on there I want to read Isaiah 53 of course this is uh, Isaiah 53 is probably one of the most profound uh, chapters in 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 scripture you know it's a pretty vivid uh it's a pretty vivid um betray or a portrayal of 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 the coming messiah and uh and and what he's what what the whole thing is about so isaiah in in uh, in his 53rd chapter he writes this and who has believed our message and to him and to whom has the arm of the lord been revealed he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sour sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. 
But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgression of my people he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among, a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong." because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. And there is a, uh, a very vivid uh, uh, prophecy of the coming Messiah of Jesus Christ and uh, what man in his wrath and anger will do to him and what Christ in his mercy and love will do for us. So uh, let's pray. And then we'll get on with the main uh, body of this uh, of this uh, time. Father, we uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, this day. We thank you for, for your many blessings. We thank you that uh, you have not left us here as orphans. You have not, uh, not abandoned us to our sins. You have not abandoned us to our misery. You have not abandoned us to death, Lord, but uh, you have heard our cries, and you have seen our tears, and you have seen our suffering, and you have seen our, our wayward ways, Lord, and uh, you have had mercy upon us. and. Uh, and Father, you offer us forgiveness, you offer us grace, you offer us redemption and salvation, Father. And uh, we just thank you that, uh, Lord, that uh, that uh, you're a God of love and not a God of, of wrath. And uh, Father, that uh, your desire is that we should all be saved and that we should all come to the knowledge of the truth. And uh, that truth is uh, your Son, Jesus Christ, who uh, laid down his life for us, as it says in Isaiah 53 because uh, he loved you and was obedient to you and he loved uh, 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 um, his people that um, father that he um, has uh, intended from the beginning of time to bring uh, with him into his kingdom so father we just uh, pray that these words will be uh, edifying and satisfying to you Lord that they will be pleasing to your ear and pleasing to your heart father and uh, Lord I just pray that it will be edifying to anyone who uh, hears this message that we will all be lifted up in love father and that uh, for we know that love builds up and knowledge puffs up father and uh, Lord that we would be uh, creatures of uh, beings of love and uh, father for there is no law against uh, against love and that's uh, and that's uh, your nature your God is love and uh, father we just love you and praise you and we thank you for all things in the name of your son Jesus Christ I pray, Amen. So, uh, I think many things that uh, one of the main things we think about is, or, or uh, if you're inclined to, 
to be a thinker or whatever is what are we to make of this human condition that we're in you know it's 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 mysterious powerful it's it's strange it's uh it's routine it's it's uh it's exciting it's boring it's uh it's scary it's dangerous it's you know this whole thing that we call life is just a a a uh it's perplexing to say the least you know and and uh you know i'm 63 years old now and i have to wonder how i got here you know it just seems like yesterday i was nine or ten years old and and uh, you know i had the whole uh, i had the whole uh whole world in front of me and now you know i'm 63 and uh you know i'm kind of like you know inching my ways my way towards towards uh towards uh, an, an event or a time that i thought would never be but here it is and uh, you know my my daughter is 39 my my one son's 35 the other son is uh what 33 and i just remember like yesterday i was i was of that age you know and uh so it's so it's so strange and uh you know if you look at the whole uh the whole history and the whole um um cacophony of life and life and and human life in 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 every continent and all over the world and and now and in in the past you know um from every continent and peoples across the world we would have to say that that a significant portion of uh, probably of uh, a significant majority if not everybody you know in one sense or another our you know our lives are 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 often filled with with fear and with uh with anxiety and 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 disease and poverty and uncertainty and jealousy and envy and immorality and sadness and grief and uh you know it's it's like um there is so much you know that we have to deal with and uh you know uh and to to struggle with and and to, to come to terms with and and uh to you know not only do we do we injure ourselves but we have to you know we injure others and and uh, others injure us and uh you know there's a whole vast number of things that that just seems to uh to uh wage war against us in one, in one sense or another and um you know life is life is strange you know there are moments of happiness and joy and there there are moments of just straight up misery and 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 tragedy and uh it just seems to be a never-ending uh stream of insults hurled at the very existence of men and uh, you know i mean who who but god can count the numbers of tears that, that have been shed by man i mean it would literally fill an ocean if you were to shed the tears that we have shed over one thing or another i mean think about going i've always thought when when you know there's a funeral and and and, and going to that to that grave site and looking at all the tombstones out there all the grave markers and everything how many tears have been shed in that very place how much agony and grief does this does this does this plot of land hold that this plot of land has seen and witnessed it's it's you know it's just mind-boggling the amount of grief and the amount of tears that 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 we have shed from 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 the beginning and uh you know and all these uh in all these things and situations and conditions they affect us all from the mighty to the powerless we all must endure it we all must get 
through it. We all must uh, come to terms with it. And, uh, you know, our poets and our thinkers and our theologians, they all d dissect the, who, you know, they dissect the human condition. They write poems about it and stories about it, and they try to understand motives and, and reasons and, and, and uh, you know, uh, and, and whys and how comes. And they're all intimately aware of the, of the tragic nature and how full of trial uh, and tribulations man's man's life is you know we we have uh, uh, certain ways of thinking like the stoics you know and the hindus and and many of of these um, semi-faiths you know uh, or ways of thinkings or our our ideologies are are ways of dealing with pain you know the stoics thought that that you know their idea of dealing with pain and grief was not to feel it it was just it was just something that that you can just push to the side and you just you just you know you just bear it and you and and you don't and you don't feel it and the hindus you know their whole their whole practice of of of, of yoga is 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 a lesson in enduring in in discomfort in enduring the pain of life and by by physically you know learning to come to terms with pain that we can emotionally and spiritually learn to come to uh, uh um to some understanding and uh some settlement of uh, of, of 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 pain and you know in fact jesus tells us quite explicitly that tribulations are the lot of men you know that's that's you know just just know that tribulation will visit upon you in fact the whole book though the entire bible is a lesson in one tribulation after another one event after another one thing to be dealt with after another it doesn't pull punches it's not going to tell you that 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 if you just think a certain way life is all going to be great and rosy and all you have to do is just you know all you have to do is is, is just think this certain way and life will all become uh you know a bed of roses but you know the, the bible isn't going to tell you that because it's simply not true you know, it reminds me of a movie. Uh, uh, you may have seen it, The Prince's Bride, and and, and there's a line in that that, that that just stuck with me. And uh, and uh, this uh, the 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 prince the the prince's bride, the the prince or or the uh, the guy he uh, they get separated, you know, and then then after a long time. Uh, they're somehow their 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 paths cross and they're at the they're they're fleeing from somebody and they're at the top of the hill but they don't or she doesn't know who he is i think if i recall he knows who she is and and there was this uh and 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 they're arguing on top of this uh of of uh, on top of this this um thing and uh, of this hill before they go tumbling down it and uh and uh, you know she they're they're both they're both talking about their the pain that they have have endured and how they've they felt aban abandoned and uh and and uh you know how they were hurt by it but she doesn't know who he is but the point is she and and he says to her he says uh he's she says something and and, and makes him angry and he goes and he goes, life is pain, and anyone who tells you differently is trying to sell you something. And to some extent, that's so true. That's so stuck with me. You know, if somebody tries to tell you differently that 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 you can can navigate through through life just filled with joy and filled with happiness, is trying to sell you something. They're trying to sell you a book. They're trying to sell you some way of thinking. They're trying to sell you something. They really are because because in many respects, life is pain. And the idea is that we. We have to we have 
have to try to understand it, and we have to try to learn ways of dealing with it, and we have to come to terms with it in some way. Life is a struggle. It, it's, fought, it's a struggle from, from within, and it's a struggle from without. We always seem to be uh, in, a, in some state of dire emergency, with threats to our well-being surrounding us daily. We threaten ourselves, and we lead ourselves to destruction. We often present a threat to others, and others present a threat to us. Our governments and, our, and people maneuver and manipulate us and murder and commit all manner of atrocities upon one, or that it, one another that at times it seems that like just like life is itself is just meaningless and it's just one big chaotic event. And even people whose lives are righteous and orderly, they still have to live in this fallen world and they still will suffer from, the, from this fallen nature of this world. And fear and actions upon them, and and uh, you know, and the simple things that we do through life are all is is all evidence of our situation, of, of this of this predicament that we find ourselves in. What do we do? We lock doors. We take out insurance. We're always looking behind us. We take note of our surroundings. We we wear our seat belts. We we you know we have weapons in in our in our in our house. We uh, you know there's so many things that we try to do. You know we try to eat right. We try to do this right. We try to exercise. There's so many things that we try to do to 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 sort of ameliorate the situation that we find ourselves in. That we're threatened from every side. Life is dangerous and it's unpredictable. As much as we try to make, you know, and, and to some extent, you know, uh, it, it's orderly in, to some extent, but, but then in another extent, it's just like, you know, if you were to look at the details of everything, it's, there's a lot of chaos, there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of uncertainty, fear and anxiety. How did we get here? How did we get to this point? What has led us here? And what is the way back? Let me first start off with the idea of, of, uh, of law. Let's talk about the law of physics. The physical and material laws that God created, created to govern the way in which the elements and the things of nature and physical materials of the universe act and react. They're utterly predictable. They are obeyed. There's nothing we can do that can that can that can break the law of that can violate the law of physics. The law of the laws of, of nature, the laws of, of, of chemistry, the laws, you know, the, the, the five major laws, thermodynamics, gravity, uh, and there's uh, you know a couple others that I can't think of right now. But they cannot be violated. We can we can work within them to create, a, you know, to to come up with some fantastic inventions, and and we can manipulate them, and we can kind of use them against one another. But never do they get violated. God has established and He has set boundaries for these things that they will act in a certain way. They will act faithfully in a certain way every time, and that's how He brings order to His created universe. These laws have are established by him, and this is how and this is how everything will act and react. There will be no violation of these laws. These are the physical laws of nature: gravity, electricity, magnetism, uh, thermodynamics, the laws of energy and mass, or any other of these elemental laws that govern nature. The point is this: these physical laws cannot be broken.
What if they were to al allowed to be broken? I mean, they are established in stone. What if they would? What, what if um, these laws could be broken? What if these principles and these laws by which by which God governs everything could be broken? What if the sun decided tomorrow it's not gonna it's not gonna come up? It's just it's had a bad day. Or the moon decided it's not going to do its thing. Or anything, you know, some chemical decided, well, you know what, I don't feel like reacting with this other compound today. Everything would be thrown into a complete chaotic uh, 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 situation. Nothing would work right. Nothing could be trusted. There would be no predictability to anything. Life would, be a, life, life would probably not be able to exist under, under those conditions. Everything would be unreliable and unpredictable. It would be absolute anarchy. If the laws of nature were arbitrary, if they decided, well, today we'll obey the law, tomorrow we won't obey these laws. Everything can be broken willy-nilly if we want to. Life or anything else, I'm not sure life itself could actually exist if these, uh, if these laws were not absolutely inviolable. The sun, like I said, the sun, the sun may or not be warm tomorrow. That if we lose, a, that if we drop an object, that it might go up instead of down. The waters and the, and the oceans, they might not, they might not respect their boundaries today, but they might just decide to flood over the entire earth. Well, light today, light might appear today. Today, light, well, maybe it won't appear. The world and the universe would be absolutely chaotic, and and nothing would make any sense, and and uh, nothing could exist, and and um, so existence requires this obedience to the to the laws, and these and these laws of nature they are they are inviolable. You cannot violate them. They are simply there. They're set in stone. They govern the universe. They govern, uh, you know, they govern all the physical, natural elements of of uh, of, of life and 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 creation. And you know, and just as there are laws that govern the physical universe, and these these laws cannot be broken; they're inviolable. There are also moral laws of God that 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 that, that cannot be broken without creating something thoroughly chaotic. And these laws have, 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 have to be obeyed if there's going to be life as scrupulously as physical laws. But you know what? God in his wisdom has given men free will. So unlike the sun that cannot break, break its, uh, 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 its laws and light, and gravity and all the other physical laws of nature that cannot be broken because they don't have free will they're, they're incapable of breaking it man in his free will is now capable of breaking these laws we have the freedom to violate these laws because God has desired for himself beings that obey and love freely. That's the purpose of free will. That is the purpose of being able to say yes or no to life. That God would surround himself with those who have freely chosen life. And we are given the freedom to violate these laws. 
and by violating these laws we have heaped contempt upon them and we have sought our own way and just as the violation of the physical laws lead to chaos and to ruin and to the violation of moral laws have inevitably led man's existence to a state of chaos and ruin and that is every that is ever evident in every life in every corner of the world and eventually the violation of the law of our moral of the moral laws has led to death you know it's like like you know I, I p kinda picture like that first sin right where uh, Adam and Eve were told not to uh, eat of the of the tree of of, uh, of the knowledge of good and evil and they ate and it's like it, it would be almost like all of nature must have just must have just stood back and said oops what has just happened a law of God has been violated now what now what now what is going to happen now what happens when a law of God has been violated, never before has anything violated the will of God, but here is man given his free will, quickly delves into disobedience, <coughs> violates a law of God, violates the moral commandments of God, violates a law. But here we are in the garden, and the only commandment that God has burned us with, burdened us with, the only commandment was this, Thou shalt not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they took heed of the whisperings of Satan, and so they did eat, and from that moment on, this big, this big moment, this like, this record scratch, like, shh, whoa, from that moment on, man introduces ruin and chaos and misery and death into existence this is what happens when laws are violated from now on that from that point on Man rushes headlong from one sin to the next, where Paul says that every man even now invents ways of doing evil. That's where we've gotten to the point. Look at look at our look at our world now. We invent ways of doing evil. How can we, you know, what's the new way of, of, of doing it? Hey, you know what? We'll do this. We'll we'll all dress up in drag. That's that's a good way to invent some evil. That's good. That's 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 let's go that route. Let's mock the whole uh, the the whole uh, creative um, um, life-bearing act of sexuality, and let's just mock it with transgenderism. Let's just pretend that there's all kinds of genders out there. That God didn't really make us man, you know, man and woman, male and female. Hey, he made us all kinds of things. We can be what we want. Well, you know what? We can't be what we want. That's just simple fact. And this introduction of, 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 of sin and this headlong rush into disobedience is no small thing. It's a violation of law. 
And so now everything that man touches now is soured. We turn gold into garbage. We turn all decency and goodness on its head. Because it's so serious an event that it will one day require a dreadful price to be paid. If it's ever going to be righted. And so this violation of, of, of an inviolable law by the introduction of free will has set, a, has set into motion a series of events, a series of things where, where man's life is now just is, is ruled by disobedience and sin. He begs Ken, Cain, when he wants to, uh, when he's becoming envious of his brother, he begs Ken, man, you have to master that sin. You have to master that, you, you have to take control. But Cain doesn't. <coughs> and he murders his brother, and we've been doing the same thing since. And the moral law, when violated, demands the transgressor to die that's the uh, that's the punishment that's you've, you know that's that's the inevitable punishment death is the result of the violation of God's laws so it is sin that has introduced into the affairs of men such misery and death I know that might sound like an outmoded uh, way of thinking, but but it has to be true. We have eaten from the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil, and now we know evil, and now we're enticed by it. Now we hear its murmurings, we hear its whisperings, we hear its we hear its temptations, and we succumb to it. And by succumbing to that, we will surely die. Satan immediately put doubts and questions into the, into the minds of uh, Adam and Eve. Did God really say that? Doesn't he really just want to ruin your fun and your chance for greatness? Eat, Eve, and be like a god. Eve ate and became like Satan. And of course the consequences were immediate and now they have just cascaded down through history. Wars and famine and poverty and, and, and hate and cruelty and murder and adultery and, and uh, unfaithfulness and, and greed and envy. Oh my gosh, it's, it's all there. We ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, boy, and we are consuming heartily. It just snowballed down through history. And in the beginning, so what, what, so what does God do? He looks upon his creation. He says he can bear it no more. And so he washes it away with, uh, with water. And he, starts, and, he, and, he, and he starts anew with Noah and his children. Saved by the ark, who was uh, uh, in the ark being, uh, being also a metaphor of Christ but you know as soon as we uh, as soon as the water and as soon as uh, everything is washed away and God begins new we go right back into sinning 
because it has us firmly in a tight grip. We are bedazzled by its false promises, never realizing the seriousness of the things we do. Jesus says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And, they, and, and you know, he's probably speaking specifically to that incident. They know not that they're crucifying the Son of God. But it's also true in a more general sense that we don't know what we're doing when we violate these moral laws. We don't understand the consequences. We think that we're getting away with things. We're not. We're going to be held accountable for every word and every action. We're not getting away with anything. We're so bedazzled by its fall, by the false promises of sin. And then we wonder why the world is, is, is in such a sad and tragic condition. <coughs> Filled with the consequences of a, of a creature who freely and disobediently took from the tree of, no of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, we are, God is love. And we as creatures are you are uniquely capable and are uniquely called to love and to be loved. That is that is our that is our function. That is what it means to be a human being. Capable of, of expressing and receiving that 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 love that God has always had within the Trinity and that he just he, he just pushed that love outward into a creature like us and we violate our own nature we violate our own purposes when we step out of that it's like a you know a, an animal an animal can only be what it is, no matter what it does. A bear can only a bear can only be a bear. It doesn't have any free will to be anything but a bear. Or a dog can can no matter what he does, if he you know, if he if he mauls some child, God forbid, or or if he's obedient and sweet. A dog you know a dog is is a, is a dog and can can never really violate its nature. Whatever it does, it was just, you know, it was just part of its nature. But human beings, we are creatures that violate our the essence of our being all the time because of free will, because of the of the of, the, of that freedom that God has given us. We're, called, we're uniquely called to love and to be loved. And every time we step out of that calling, we violate the true purpose of our lives. I mean, we are truly called. I mean, look at us. We are truly called to love and to be loved. And it's not just a sentimental uh, uh, viewpoint. It's the truth. I mean, look look at us. We do, we, we do love. Um... We do love one another, uh, you know, when we're at our best and when we're, you know, when we're, when we're, when things are right, and and we we love each other like like no other creature loves loves one another. And and it's always it's always amazed me how uh, how this love we we, ex 
not only do we extend it, to, are we supposed to extend extend it to one another, but we extend it actually to the animal kingdom. And in some, and in many ways, the animal kingdom is made more than just a, an animal kingdom by us. A dog was never really meant to cuddle and to really, you know, show affection to to uh, to anything. I don't, I, I don't think. You know, but be by but by coming into contact with a superior being, you know, we almost draw something out of out of these animals that that wasn't there. They're almost stepping out of out of their own nature. I know that sounds kind of like of a contradiction to what I was saying before, but you know, a dog comes up to and, and he lays his head on you and he sleeps with you and, and he loves you and you can feel the affection, you can feel the devotion, you can feel the obedience, you know. That's not something you would find in the natural world. I mean, a puppy towards its mother for a little while, there's there's affection there, but that but that doesn't last. They don't they don't hang out with their necessarily with their puppies and, and uh, you know, with their children forever. But humans, you know, humans like like a cow. I mean, you know, you go on the internet and you see and you see all these these nice things. You know, a cow comes over and just just loves its owner, you know, and just rests its head on its shoulder. You wouldn't find that in nature. You only find that in animals because they have come in, come into contact with a creature that has been created for love. And somehow they pick up on that. Somehow we reveal it to them, just as God has revealed it to us. The greater being showing the lesser being something different, something better, something magnificent. And that being love. And so now we find ourselves, I've got, I've got to hurry up here, I'm getting sidetracked. And so now what is God to do when his law proves unable to subdue our rebelliousness, rebelliousness? What is the way out? Can man have any hope? Where justice demands that the transgressor must die. We must die now. Is there any hope from us? How can his creation be redeemed and reestablished and reconciled to its creator? Because sin is so serious and so profound, the, re the remedy for this will be just as serious and pro profound. The remedy for this will be will be will be violent. It'll be tragic and sad and, and just, just bloody. Because the sin is so serious, to buy it back is just no small thing. He buys it back from its awfulness and he reconciles it to himself by heaping all of our sinfulness, all of our agony, all of our hatred, all of our duplicity, all of our ugliness upon the body of his son Jesus Christ, upon that cross. All of our sin has been heaped upon him there. And by his wounds we are healed. That's what Isaiah is saying. Upon that cross he is bearing all that sin, all that agony, all that rebelliousness that man has heaped up for ages before him and will heap up for ages after him. He bears that upon himself upon that cross. And there is no misery or humiliation that is spared for him. He just takes all the wrath that 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 that, that man and that, that that the tempter can can heap upon him. 
slashing him, piercing him, humiliating him in every way possible. Mocking him. That this, that God upon that cross will just absorb all the sins of humanity. That is the only way that it can be righted. <coughs> he satisfies the righteous requirements of the law that demands death of the transgressor by taking that sin that we commit upon himself. Isaiah 53. And in that crucifixion, he puts to death He puts to death the law of sin and death and satisfies that law. So God in his infinite wisdom finds a way through the requirements of the law into the light of grace and forgiveness by offering up his son as the satisfaction of the law so that we don't have to die. So that we may live because violating that law led to death but this sacrificial crucifixion satisfies that law. So now the law is satisfied so that grace and mercy can be freely given. What a terrible price Christ had to pay for our sins. And even though sin still disrupts, still destroys, and it still ruins, it does not have the last word anymore. For those who have heard the call of the great shepherd and commit their fate to him. In Christ, our sins are forgiven. The law is satisfied. And now we can see the light of life. Where it was once that the transgressor must die, God in his wisdom and his awesome mercy found a way through that law. Under that law, above that law, over that law that does not abolish the law, but in fact fulfills it. So that now mercy and grace is available for us. Such mercy, such genius, that in Christ Jesus, the demands of the law are satisfied, and the new covenant of grace and mercy and forgiveness is established. <coughs> and that one day there will be a new heaven and a new earth, where there is no more death, and where there will be no more tears, because in Christ death has been defeated. The miseries of our sin have been vanquished. We have been made right. All of creation moans in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. All of, of creation waits for that moment that, that, that all things will be righted. That there will be no more violations of God's laws or God's will. But all things will be in harmony. And all things will be an expression of God's love. There is no law against love. That is the one thing that you can do all you want and there will be no law against it. At least there will be no heavenly law. I mean, I suppose <coughs> earthly kingdoms will, will set up such laws. We have been given eternal life. That whole law of sin and death has been, has been, has been just thrown into the dustbin of history. You know, this is a story that just can't be made up. You know? You just don't make up a story like this. This 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 is 
This is man's destiny. This is the truth here. This is what God is trying to show us. This is what God is trying to reveal us. That we're creatures with the unique purpose of, of being made in his image, which means, and made in his image means many things, but it means one, one thing particularly, that we are creatures intended to love and be loved. To know how to accept love and to know how to love. For God so loved the world that he gave his own one and only Son that whoever believes in him in him shall not perish but shall have eternal life. God gave us the free will to violate, to test us, to see where it would go, and to create for him a a a a, a communion of beings that love him freely not because the, a law is inviolable and, and and i suppose like the like the angels well even they could uh, they could disobey but we're not compelled to love god we're not we're, you know it's not it's something that we just automatically do but it's something that uh, that god has given us the opportunity to do to learn of him, to be like him, to receive him, to know him, to know that he is a uh, that he is a uh, small and gentle voice, that he is a shepherd, that he is the truth, the life and the way, and that he loves us, and he really wants us, desires that. That we be with him. Some theologians have said that you know, his 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 desire for us, his love for us, is fearsome. It won't take no for an answer. You know, uh, you have to be you have to be uh, 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 truly of a rebellious nature, because God is gonna pursue us. He's gonna give us every opportunity. He'll discipline us. He'll reward us. He'll give us revelation. He'll make us walk through the valley. He'll make us, uh, you know, <coughs> skip through them over the mountains and, and uh, anything to lead us to Him so that we might fulfill our purpose in Him. That we will be creatures of love, being, being, being able to, to uh, be with Him in His kingdom. How can you not love this story? How can you not love God when you see His true purposes? His true ways. How He's working this whole thing out. It's incredible. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that I understand all of it or that I'm that uh, you know that all of it makes me happy I mean it confuses me and and uh, sometimes and but you know I just hold on to that hope that that you know life is teleological that it has purpose that it's moving towards an end a purpose and that is that the sons of God 
will be revealed and that we will be released from the frustrations of this present age and released into the freedom of the children of God. Okay, so that's pretty much it there. Hopefully you got something out of it. Um, I shall read from <clears throat> Ephesians. And let's see here. Yep, third chapter of Ephesians. Uh, yep, I'm getting there. And here I am. Paul writes, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace. I love you all in Christ. And uh, I'll be with you soon again.